0: Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 716, and we are looking at Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Let's read the passage. In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Now John had a camel-hair garment with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then people from Jerusalem and all Judea and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers who warned you to flee the coming wrath therefore produce fruit consistent with repentance and don't presume to save for yourselves we have abraham as our father For i tell you that god is able to raise up children for abraham from these stones the axe is already at the root of the trees therefore every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire i baptize you with water for repentance For the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel to prompt people to have faith in Jesus. It's not a biography of Jesus because we've missed an incredible amount. We just had the birth narrative, which talked about the genealogy to show that Jesus is the son of David, to show that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, where the Messiah was to be born, to show that Jesus is the king of the Jews, that Jesus is the new Moses. All that happened when he was an infant. Now... He's an adult. So we've skipped a couple of decades. So obviously this isn't a biography. It's not a history book. It's a gospel. And a gospel is the explanation, essentially, of how to have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of writing this gospel, for people to come to faith. So he begins in chapter 3, now verse 1, Within those days. Well, basically he means... At the time of this story, he's not assigning a date to it. He's not given a chronology. It's not important. It's those days. What days? The days that John the Baptist was baptizing. So in those days, John the Baptist came. John, he just appears here. We had background to him in the Gospel of Luke. But here he just appears. He's John the Baptist. And by John the Baptist, we don't mean he's from the Baptist denomination. I mean, he's John the Baptizer. And baptize, literally, the Greek word means immerse or dunk. It got transliterated because it became its own thing, baptism, baptize. And so it never really got translated. If we were to translate the Greek word Baptist, we would say dunker. John the Dunker. And what did John the Dunker do? He dunked. He dunked people in the water. And that's literally what it means. So John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Well, we often think, okay, what did John the Baptist do? He baptized. Well, he did. But primarily he preached. He came preaching. In the wilderness. Now we talk about the wilderness of Judea. He's really over at the Jordan River. Wilderness is more symbolic. He's out in the sticks, not near the town or anything, but it's more a wilderness of faith. And he's saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent is his message. What does repent mean? It means to change your mind, change your attitude, change your behavior, change, turn. Repent means to turn from your wicked ways and take a righteous turn of events. And the reason to do this is because the kingdom of heaven has come near. So turn from sin to God because the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, kingdom of heaven, Matthew doesn't exclusively use this, but primarily he calls it the kingdom of heaven, where Luke and Mark generally refer to as the kingdom of God. What's the difference? Uh, There is no difference. But many Jews didn't like to say the name of God because they didn't want to violate the commandment to take the Lord's name in vain. So you avoided even saying the name of God. And so kingdom of heaven would be used. And so you didn't have to say kingdom of God. So it's not that Matthew is afraid to say kingdom of God, but that's just a Jewishism to call it the kingdom of heaven, and Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience here, so he uses this Jewishism, the kingdom of heaven. The prophets all said the kingdom of heaven is coming, but now John the Baptist and Jesus are saying the kingdom of God is here. Then he continues, verse 3, For he is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, who said, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. This is a quote from Isaiah 40, verse 3. And the original context was the picture of God leading his people from exile in Babylon back to Israel. That would be the, the new exodus, leading his people back into the promised land. Matthew's applying that now to John the Baptist. He's the image of the one leading the people where they need to go. And what he's doing is preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. Verse four, now John had a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. So we could say John is a strange person and he looks and acts like Elijah. We see a description of Elijah in 2 Kings 1, eight. Elijah had a hairy garment and a leather belt and lived in the wilderness and was a prophet of God. His food was locusts and wild honey. Locusts were the only insect food permitted in the Mosaic Law. So he lives in the wild and he eats wild stuff. And has this strange appearance. He, he looks a lot and acts a lot like the prophet Elijah. Verse 5. Then people from Jerusalem and Judea and all the vicinity of Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Well, he's attracted some attention. Now, most of the Jews believed that prophecy had ended with the prophet Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament, but the end of Malachi predicts the return of the prophet Elijah. So now here we have John acting and talking and looking like Elijah. So he's come kind of now in this persona of Elijah, who has been expected to come back, make a return. And so here he is as a, an Elijah-type figure proclaiming the coming of the kingdom of God. And he's calling for people to repent, to turn from sin and turn back to God. And it says they were baptized by him. Now, John didn't invent baptism. Baptism was something that had been around for a long time. It's something the Jews practiced, baptism. In fact, archaeological excavations in the area in Jerusalem near where the temple was have uncovered these ancient, they called a mikvahs. In fact, many uh, Orthodox synagogues here, even here in the U.S. have mikvahs today. They're used for ceremonial cleansing. And they're for people, not so much bathe for cleanliness, but a ceremonial cleansing where people immerse themselves in this tank of water. And that's what baptism is, immersing people in water. So John didn't invent baptism, but he put a different twist on it. So when the critics all come out and are interrogating John the Baptist and asking what he's doing, no one says, what's this baptism thing you're doing? They know what baptism is. They're saying, why are you doing it? Who authorized you to do it? And he's doing it, symbolic is people confess their sins, because that's what he's asking them to do, repent. So people are repenting. They're confessing their sins, and he's baptizing them. This symbolic act of cleansing is symbolism of their cleansing from sin. Now, this is not Christian baptism, because nobody's claiming faith in Christ. They're just confessing their sins, recognizing their need for forgiveness of sin, and that's where he's laying the groundwork for Christ to come, to be the one who can forgive sin. Verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. So Pharisees and Sadducees, they're not teammates. They don't like each other, but they share leadership in the world of Israel, the Sadducees are more the leaders in the temple area. The Pharisees are more the leaders in the local synagogues. And they have both Pharisees and Sadducees on the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. And they don't agree on a lot of things. They're, they really don't get along with each other. But they're very much worried about new things cropping up that could lead people astray. So they've obviously come to check out what John the Baptist is doing. This is coming to his baptism, not coming to be baptized. And he recognized them, recognizes they're not there to approve, they're there to criticize. And he calls them vipers, snakes, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Therefore, produce fruit consistent with repentance. Now, repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry, I sinned. Repentance involves change. Repentance with no change is not real repentance. You can't just continue to sin and keep saying, I'm sorry for sinning. True repentance means turning away from that sin. That's what he's calling for here. Produce fruit consistent with repentance. That is, show evidence of actual change. Verse 9, And don't presume to say for yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that God is able to raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Now, the whole point there is they're saying, We don't need repentance. We are Jews. We are children of Abraham. We are God's chosen people. We're okay with God. God's okay with us. And John's message is, no, no, you're not okay with God. You're sinners. And you need cleansing from your sin. You need repentance from your sin. You need forgiveness of your sin. And God's not impressed that you're descendants of Abraham. God wants Children, he can make his own children. He doesn't need you as the people of Israel. He's chosen to reveal things to you, but you've chosen to ignore him. Verse 10, the axe is already at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Chopping down trees was a metaphor. Isaiah used it. In Isaiah 10, Ezekiel 31, Daniel 4, those are all places where this metaphor of chopping down trees is used to symbolize the judgment of God on nations. And John the Baptist is saying, and that's what we're about to experience here. That's what you as a people are about to experience, God's judgment. Verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, But the one who's coming after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. So here John's talking about he's the one proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. John is just here to proclaim his coming. The real Messiah, the one who's coming to provide actual relationship with God, he's still on the way. He says, I baptize with water. That's symbolic. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire, that's the real deal. That's real transformation. The Holy Spirit means an actual connection with God, a relationship with God. Fire is judgment. He goes on to talk about the judgment. Verse 12, his winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. Okay, winnowing shovel, that's this thing you flip the wheat, the squashed wheat, the oxen stomp on the wheat on a rock floor, and that crushes it. Then you flip it up in the air with the winnowing shovel or winnowing fork. The wind blows the chaff away as you're flipping it up in the air. What's actually left is the wheat that's left you're going to cook with. And so the threshing is the mashing of the The grain, the winnowing is the flipping it up, separating the wheat from the chaff. And the wheat is what's being then gathered up and kept. That's symbolic of the righteous, the children of God. And the chaff is what's cast aside and then burned. That's symbolic of the unrighteous. So you have this fire motif, the, the vipers who are either killed in the fire or flee from the fire. The trees are thrown into the fire, the baptism with the fire, the fire to burn the chaff. That's all symbolic of God's judgment. So John the Baptist is proclaiming that God's doing something now, that one is coming, Jesus, the true Messiah, and he is going to bring about true change. John's preparing the way, calling for people to recognize their sin, religious leaders, are already taking note of this. So we're now in the adult ministry of Jesus. It begins with John the Baptist proclaiming the coming of Jesus. And John's message is, the Messiah is coming. The kingdom of God is near. There's a need for repentance, a need to recognize that you are a sinner and you need to repent. And this one who's coming, he will baptize with Holy Spirit and with fire. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.